0: Tune in every other Tuesday and explore the latest technology that's changing our world today and creating a more accessible tomorrow. Listen to Technically Speaking, an Intel podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything.
1: Brought to you by the reinvented 2012 Camry. It's ready. Are you? Welcome to Stuff Mom Never Told You from HowStuffWorks.com.
0: Hello and welcome to the podcast. I'm Kristen. And I'm Molly. So Molly, uh, since you are a Playboy connoisseur... (laughs) just kidding. <laughs> no, just I'm not. Kidding. No she's not. She's not, people. Um but I got I bet I got a lot of listeners attention right there. <laughs> We're going to start this episode off with pornography, okay? Mm-hmm. But it's safe for work. Don't worry, folks. So, something happened in the 1980s in Playboy, all right? Uh the centerfolds go from having very full um natural pubic hair very natural bikini lines mm-hmm. <laughs> to, in the, to to trimming it down a little bit yeah. in the 80s it starts to shrink it starts to shrink and then in the 90s it's like it goes a pubic hair recession or something like it just just disappears i think
1: that's a great name for a band or a book or something pubic hair recession pubic hair recession uh and
0: as we can guess today uh the, those gals are bare yeah Like almost all of them are bare. You might have a tiny, tiny runway, tiny little pubic goatee or soul patch, I should say. They
1: have all sorts of names.
0: Yeah. A Charlie Chaplin? I'd never heard that before in this podcast. It kinda disturbed me.
1: So if uh if you
0: aren't getting our gist by now, we're talking about pubic hair. And pubic hair removal.
1: Yes. And I think that if you do happen to just catch like, let's say an episode of Girls Next Door, even if you're not looking at Playboy, mm-hmm. if you see that show on E! where, where Playboy mall- Playboy mallets are running all around, none of them have any pubic hair. No. If you are to look, and and from what I understand from researching this article, in porn, no one has pubic hair either. Very little. Yeah. So, some people think that it's thanks to all these um, nude magazines and porn movies that make us all think pubic hair is out. Yeah. Which is funny because we don't let porn set other too many other trends. <laughs> you know, it's not like we get fashion cues, other fashion cues from, from Playboy models, but they're saying some researchers say that thanks to these kind of outlets mm-hmm. that both men and women get the idea that pubic hair on a lady is bad.
0: Yes. And I mean, if you just look around at the different salons and spas in your town, chances are main thing on the menu item, bikini wax. Yeah. Kini waxes are everywhere. It's kind of now that it's summer, too, it's sort of expected that you are going to go get all of that hair forcibly ripped out with hot wax.
1: This sounds awful. Why would women do that to themselves? Well, we're going to talk
0: about that today (laughs) on Stuff Mom Never Told You.
1: Um, When You know how we always like to start things out on Stuff Mom Never Told You, Kristen? It's by going back in time. Yes. And when we go back in time to investigate pubic hair... Uh, the the journey usually starts with art, yeah. with the great artists and the great nudes of of painting history, and um, you know they didn't have pubic hair, so some people are like maybe they've been removing it for centuries. Mm-hmm. Some people are saying maybe those artists just didn't want pubic hair in their paintings. Yeah, who would want to have to paint pubic hair? I
0: <laughs> that can't, that can't. I wonder if an artist would leave that till the very end. Or maybe they do it first to get it over with. I don't know. It doesn't seem like a fun process.
1: Well, maybe that's why it was never there, is it? It just didn't... It seemed like a lot of detail. Uh So they just completely just ignored it altogether, and it looks like no one in ancient times had any pubic hair. Mm -hmm. Or maybe they all removed it. We don't know. And
0: some historians think that Greek women would remove some of their pubic hair, Mm -hmm. but they aren't entirely sure. And then there's a theory that this is just... The natural progression that um, that started with women shaving their underarms.
1: Yeah. So shaving our underarms and then our legs and now... Well, as clothes get skimpier, mm-hmm. as bikinis get more popular and skimpier, they're just saying that, you know, more and more flesh is on display. Yeah. And we have come as a society, perhaps, to think that hair on a woman other than on her head is not a good characteristic, that that hair equals male mm-hmm. and no hair equals female. Although... Fun hair on
0: the head fact that I really enjoyed from this research. In the 15th century, European women would shave the tops of their foreheads to heighten their hairline. Mm. So which would you prefer? You know, that trend where you have to (laughs) shave your forehead or you have to shave your vagina? Probably neither are very fun.
1: Well, can I tell you another fun fact that I really liked? Yes. That in parts of Siberia, pubic hair was considered a monstrous growth attributable evil spirits and legitimate grounds for a husband to divorce his wife. However, in Japan, the opposite was true. If you didn't have any hair, it could justify an annulment.
0: See, so it seems like cross-culturally, we have different standards of pubic hair.
1: Yeah, some places it's evil and some places it's, you know, it shows that you grow up. I mean, that's sort of the point of pubic hair is that it comes in at puberty. Yeah. It shows that you're sexually mature and it might serve some other functions. Yes. It's possible that it keeps uh, the genital area clean, mm-hmm. keeps germs out of there. It might uh, emit pheromones, which are sexually signaling uh, hormones of sorts that are kind of controversial. But basically, you put one pubic area next to another and maybe they start talking and you don't even know it. Which is
0: kind of ironic that the porn standard would be no pubic hair. Yeah. Because you would think that women would be less uh, sexy. They would, you know, they're... It removes the sexy signal. There's,
1: yeah, their sexy signals are gone.
0: <laughs> sexy signals.
1: Uh, though, though, some women say that you know, with no pubic hair, sex is a lot better. That yeah. it, that it is more sexy to not have any pubic hair. That you feel cleaner. That there are better sensations. Um, it seems like you can find people who who come down either side of this argument. Let's talk for a second, though, about evolution. Mm, our second favorite thing to talk about yes. here. Uh,
0: Nancy Etkoff, who wrote Survival of the Prettiest, the Science of Beauty, wrote that for centuries humans have equated hairiness with beasts and hairlessness with beauty and femininity. And she points out that throughout history, every time a new female body part has been publicly exposed, like you said, as our clothes become skimpier and skimpier, um, that the exposure has come with hair remo- hair removal. Yeah. You know, like when uh, sleeveless dresses came into vogue, as we've talked about before, we started shaving our underarms. But at the same time, though, I mean, quick note, I don't know that vagina bearing, um, <laughs> styles are in vogue unless I've just am, am missing something. <sighs> Uh, but she says that this practice of hair removal is explained through evolutionary psychology. It accentuates the differences between male and female bodies. So hairlessness is associated with the female body, whereas hairiness is associated with the male body.
1: Yeah. But then again, if if we're going to look at it from an evolution standpoint, you want to mate with someone who will be a good partner. And part of being a good partner is being old enough to have children, Yeah. of which pubic hair would have been a marker. Yeah.
0: So it's a little tricky. Um, and, and then, uh, Freud had a nice theory about, of course he does, <laughs> about pubic care. He said that women were excessively preoccupied with their pubic hair. Hence, you know, which makes sense. You know, if we're always going to go get it yeah. waxed and tweezed and threaded and whatnot. He suggests that our achievements in the weaving arts could be attributed to unrealized fantasies about plaiting their, our hairs together to con- conceal our shameful lack of a penis.
1: I have never looked at my pubic hair or braiding my hair as as some sort of lack of a penis. I know. You
0: know sometimes I wonder where old Freud came up with these these crazy
1: ideas. <laughs> but I'm going to think of it the next time I do braid my hair or weave something. I'm weaving all the time. I guess maybe I do have penis me. But we do have to talk about that maturity
0: factor because this is one thing that comes up a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, this is the one major qualm that people have with this hair, hairless down there trend. Yeah. Is that, you know, pubic hair is the marker of female maturity. Yep. So by taking all that hair off, it makes you look like a little girl.
1: Right. And so what does it say about men who only want to have sex with, with women who don't have pubic hair? Are they pedophiles? And I'm not saying they are. I'm just saying that is eventually an argument that comes up over and over again in these, in these studies about whether women should remove their, remove their pubic hair are we somehow feeding into this um male ideal of having sex with little girls? And could that also, as a byproduct,
0: contribute to the sexualization of younger girls? And
1: I think, you know, a lot of the times when we talk about beauty trends on this show, we actually find out that women are the ones who kind of perpetuate them with, sure. with shaved legs and, and armpits. And I think that that might be true here. I think that you know, women are more likely to police each other in terms of their pubic hair. Like, think of that scene in the Sex and the City movie where um uh, Miranda. Miranda hadn't hadn't gotten a bikini wax in time and, and Samantha was just appalled. I think that, you know, women might police this more than men do. Yeah, that's possible. possible.
0: Um And also, you know, it's, it's women, the Jay sisters who brought b- Brazilians mm-hmm. to the U.S., and then female celebrities, I think Gwyneth Paltrow of she all She said people? it changed
1: her life. Yeah. I think it was before she got married. I think it was Brad Pitt era. She said it changed her life. But
0: that could relate to this notion that it makes your skin more sensitive. Yeah. Down there. More sensitive to, to sexual touch. <laughs> <laughs> But you also have to keep in mind the hygiene factor because it can also make you more susceptible to STD contraction.
1: And just safety. I mean, you've got a lot of sensitive stuff down there. And if you're clipping or tweezing or waxing, you got to be careful. There are some things down there you don't want to hurt.
0: But imagine if you are a man, okay? Yeah. And, you know, because guys have pubic hair, too.
1: And according to these articles, it is men's little secret that they like to go have these procedures as well.
0: <laughs> I think the most controversial notion is the of men getting waxed and particularly men getting their testicles waxed yeah. because I can't think of anything more painful than the notion of uh, a, a waxing a testicle. God,
1: Apparently that's what men are doing that, you know, they will wax their pubic hair because they like the way it feels as well. They think it makes certain parts of their body look bigger. Yes. Um. But it's another. It's sort of like with the men and makeup question. Like, if you're a lady and you're with a fella and you see that he spends all this time getting waxed, mm-hmm. is that a turn on or is it a turn off? Well, and also the the male
0: waxing we should say is more associated with gay culture mm-hmm. than out straight men. I mean, like straight men might be a little more likely to trim, but outright waxing, you know, there's this like kind of a, I would say a hetero taboo
1: around that. Yeah. Perhaps like it
0: would show that they care too much about personal grooming.
1: But if they're going to care about what their ladies do. Exactly. The question again comes back. Are we, are we getting bikini waxes so that uh, we please potential male partners or are we getting bikini waxes? Cause we like the way it looks. I mean, it becomes more troubling when you're doing it because men subconsciously want to have sex with little girls.
0: But it, you can also, I mean, I think that there's an argument to be made that you can, you can have both of those things because You look more groomed, might feel better about yourself when you take all your clothes off. So you're feeling better. And then also knowing that the man, you know, is turned on even more as well. So perhaps it's beneficial to
1: both. Yeah. You know, but the question is, is the hairless look here to stay? Because there was this 2005 article in the New York Times that talked all about um, lasering the hair off, which would be permanent. You know, people kept likening it to a tattoo and people are saying some some stylists are saying maybe at some point the more natural look will come back. Sure. For example, in a different kind of recession, not the pubic hair recession, but an economic one. That's a lot of money to show out to okay. get these continual bikini Brazilian waxes. So maybe when times are bad, people let that part of their lives go and the pubic hair comes back. And it's just a cyclic style phenomenon. And maybe like in 10 years. Things will look different. Possibly,
0: though. But you can still, I mean, you can shave, you know. True. Um, And also, we should know that early pornography in the 20s and 30s did show a range of female pubic hair. From very full to being very bald. And statistically, a lot of us are doing it. I mean, uh, they were, different articles were polling dermatologists who said that 50% of female patients were going totally hairless, um, there was been a, this was in 2004, I believe, a 53% increase in um, Americans having electrolysis to remove their hair, remove that hair permanently. And then the most disturbing trend of all, this comes very recently, um, the International Spa Association reported that 16% of teens who had visited a spa have had a hair removal procedure done. Okay, and these teens can range very young. I mean, then the notion of like a 13 year old getting a bikini wax.
1: Well, one lady who runs the, the spouse said you should start waxing at six.
0: Yeah, for the, vir- it's something called virgin waxing. Yeah. You wax those very, very first hairs that come in, and they claim that if you start waxing at six, then the hair will just go away naturally on its own.
1: And, you know, it's always, um, you know, we, we kind of, when we're of age, we think, okay, we can make this rational decision. And if you start to freak out, if, you know, a six year old or a 10 year old or a 13 year old is doing it, that seems to me to be the cue that maybe something is wrong. If we are kind of dismayed by these articles that say, you know, a mom takes her 10 year old to get a bikini wax, then maybe that's not a great sign. Yeah, that's that's kind of disturbing. But you know what? You can read article after article that makes it seem like every single person in the world um, who is female has no pubic hair. But 2010, we get a, a scholarly study of the International Society for Sexual Medicine, which says, you know what? It's not as common as you think. Give us some stats, Molly. All right. So what we've got here is a study group of 2,400 women. So pretty, pretty broad range, pretty, pretty large sample size, broad range of ages mm-hmm. from about 18 to in their 50s. Um, a range of people who are sexually active and not sexually active. range of people who are straight, gay, bisexual. Pretty. What, what I'm trying to lay out is pretty, pretty large sample size. The people who are most likely to engage in total removal of their hair are the 18 to 24 year olds. Mm -hmm. Uh, They might range up to 38% of total hair removal in one month. And basically it declines as you get older, the chances that you will remove your pubic hair. So it seems to be very young phenomenon. So the question then becomes for these researchers, is it something you've aged out of, or is it something that maybe as you grow up and get married, you care less about? Um, And then as you get older, you might be more likely to shave than you would be to wax. Mm -hmm. You might be more likely to just wax, you know, one time or two times in a year as opposed to every month. The monthly thing is really big among the younger ones. And then the older you get, the less likely you are to to keep it up.
0: And there's also a correlation they found between the... Amount of grooming that you do and how often you will groom down there and your relationship status, mm-hmm. um, whether or not you're sexually active and specifically whether or not you are orally sexually active. Yes. If someone's going to get really up close and personal. You tend to keep it a little more trim.
1: But, uh, what these researchers go to great pains to point out is that there is no one uh, normal pubic hair arrangement. You right. know, they went in sort of with the thesis that all these articles are telling us that the majority of women get all their pubic hair removed. And th- that just wasn't the case from the 2400 si- uh, size sample group. But there was a whole range of people who sometimes removed it, sometimes removed a little bit of it, but not all of it. And yeah, the, about a third of the people who did remove it all the time. But again, no norm. When is there ever a norm in terms of what women do? Well, I think that
0: there that it might be a cultural beauty standard that's been established, but that doesn't necessarily mean that everyone is doing it or that we have to give into it. If you want to go get your pubic hair waxed off, then do it. Fine. Yeah. You know, if you want to get it permanently removed with electrolysis, fine, do it. You know but
1: with all these things, ask yourself why you do it.
0: Yeah, ask yourself, absolutely ask yourself why you do it and recognize to your point that even though it might seem culture might have us um think that everybody's doing it. And mm-hmm. in order to be an attractive, sexually desirable woman, we don't need to have hair down there. That's not necessarily the case. Men weigh in, and other, you know, and women weigh in. Yeah. We want to know what you guys think um, about this very pertinent <laughs> issue in our society today—a pubic hair waxing because it is pertinent. A lot of people don't talk about it. Yeah. Because it's it's your pubes. <laughs> but I think we need to talk about it. So send us your thoughts, mom stuff, at howstuffworks.com, and let's read an email. Well, I have an email here from Julia and it is on our episode about bicycles and she writes my friend and I really enjoyed your podcast on women and bicycles. Well thank you Julia. I was remembering scenes from the movies A Midsummer Night's Dream and The Road to Wellville Um, however I was surprised that you didn't do your research on modern developments in bicycle saddles. Here in Seattle I see plenty of women on bikes and it's perhaps due to all the great sporting goods stores we have here. For at least seven years now women's bicycle seats have been available, which feature a divot or a a hole in the seat in the position where it would otherwise rub against the vulva. I haven't had a friction problem since I've had one of these saddles, even when I participated in the annual Summer Solstice Naked Bike Ride through the city. Molly, we need to take a trip to Seattle.
1: I've, I've, I lived in Seattle. I saw that. You actually. did? Yeah. How was it? It's fun. It's not as scandalous as you may think. Did Everyone's you? wearing like body paint. There are kids there. Did it's you no participate? No. I just observed
0: Additionally, women should make sure that they get a bike that really fits and puts them in a good cycling position so they aren't sliding around in the saddle very much. Even if you're unusually short or tall or have short or long arms, many bike shops can customize your bike. Ladies should get out there. Traffic is not nearly as scary as you think it is once you get used to it. So thank you for the advice and the encouragement, Julia. And if you have thoughts to send our way, again, our email address is momstuff at howstuffworks.com. You can also head over to Facebook and like us, comment, interact with other listeners. Follow us on Twitter at Mom Stuff Podcasts and read our blog during the week. It's Stuff Mom Never Told You from HowStuffWorks.com. <laughs> Be sure to check out our new video podcast, Stuff from the Future. Join House to Forks staff as we explore the most promising and perplexing possibilities of tomorrow. The House of Forks iPhone app has arrived. Download it today on iTunes. Brought to you by the reinvented 2012 Camry. It's ready. Are you? This episode is brought to you by PNC Bank, who believes some things in life should be boring, like banking.